0: This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Braintree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for a simple payment solution, check out Braintree. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, please go to braintreepayments.com supertrain. And by Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses that you can get delivered to your door for a fraction of the price you'd pay in stores. To learn more, please visit casper.com supertrain. Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Good. How are you going? I'm going. I just had a lot of ramen really fast. Are you
1: doing some podcasting today?
0: I have three podcasts today. (sighs) (laughs) Wow. Back to back to back to back. Do you think that we have reached
1: peak podcast? Oh,
0: we reached peak podcast when the first podcast came out. That's all you really need. I don't know. You're, you're, You're on so many programs now.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping to be, I'm hoping to, to, to like presage the uh, peak post podca- podcast.
0: You Maybe you'll be the last great podcaster. Wouldn't that be nice? Mm-hmm. You it's, should, you should, you should edit one of these and put it out, put it together sometime. That'd be fun for
1: you. It'd be nice to be remembered for something. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was the last great podcaster. Mm-hmm. Everyone La- said so. The last starfighter. mm I don't uh, I don't want to edit a podcast, I don't think.
0: Neither do I. <laughs> it's not nearly as sexy as it sounds.
1: Uh it does sound pretty sexy. I've always imagined a lonely sandwich sitting in his lonely garret, uh mm-hmm. surrounded by screens and putting together you look nice today's back in the golden era. The golden hours
0: age. he would spend hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Yeah. I, it got faster over time, but yeah, he would he spent an improbably large amount of time on this.
1: A lot of romance in it. Well, so do you feel like you still have podcasting in you? Or you oh, to- yeah. No, I'll
0: do it. I don't, I don't care.
1: How's your podcast reservoir right now? Is it full <laughs> of great stories and great memories? Oh, we had some times, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, it's easy with you because you've always, you've
0: always got a, a, a new angle. You've always got a new thing. Yeah. Always, yeah. An,
1: always a thing. You know, um, the, the king of China is in Seattle today.
0: Oh, my God. Things are crazy right now. Yeah, like China has a king. I didn't know that. Uh, is it not a king? Prime it might be a pre- maybe a premier, premier, pre- premier, premier, or premier. or a, a prime minister. Chief, uh, chief, chief, Puba. These no, are, I, things are crazy, and you got you got you got the uh, you got the pontiff coming to the east coast. Everybody's iPhones are going to be arriving late.
1: Yeah, I mean the traffic in Seattle is already uh, backing up from the Pope visiting. Uh, all the way. Yeah, well, because yeah, it's causing a major traffic jam back east, and that just has a ripple effect.
0: That's uh, what they call an additive quality.
1: It's the, uh, the the butterfly in China.
0: Geometric butterflies. Yeah, yeah. You get one thing, another thing. Um, that's now that's exciting, and so and so.
1: Why is he there? Uh, well, there's a little thing you may have heard of. I don't know if it gets all the way down to San Francisco, but we call it the Pacific Rim, mm. which is a, the rim around the Pacific where you would basically where you would snap the lid on the Pacific if it came with a lid. Oh,
0: okay, okay.
1: So it's a rim, and uh, we also call it, it's like the ring of fire. That's another word for it because it's a rim of volcanoes. Is there a rim conference happening? Uh, So it's some kind of rim conference. This isn't the big rim conference. They haven't had one of those in a while, but this is some kind of trade deal where where Seattle, a city of 700,000 people, gets to pretend for a minute that anyone in China has ever heard of it <laughs> or that it, that it even ranks in the top 80 cities in China. I mean, by the time you get down to Chinese cities that have 700,000 people, you're basically like at the level, I mean, like the 700,000 person cities in China are uh. the ones that make straws. <laughs> That's right? a Chinese like, Hamlet. It's like drinking straw city. Drinking straw town. They do that a lot, John. They have
0: specializations by different areas, right? Mm-hmm.
1: And is so, that true? In, yeah, that I believe it is. And so, you, so could, uh, you could
0: be from the straw district.
1: You're from straw district, or you're from uh, paperclip town, or you're from <laughs> something like that. You know, car, like like Turtle Wax uh, Villa. <laughs> and if you live in Turtle Wax Villa, that's a city of a million and a half people, and everyone there works work, works making turtle wax. But ju- just as we like to think that we won World War II, even though. By the time the first American arrived in Europe, something like eighty million Russians had already died.
0: Oh my God!
1: Uh, We also like to think that we are. uh, uh, Seattle is some kind of economic powerhouse of the Pacific Rim, uh, where it's just like you know there are three hundred million Americans, and there and that is a rounding error uh, in the population of error. Did uh, I send you that
0: uh, that video? I think I did the the video about deaths in World War II. It was all, like, visualized.
1: Oh, yeah, that was interesting. I liked, I liked the guy. Uh, you know, that, that kind of, like, take some data, turn it into a, a, a video podcast, hope it goes viral. I like that, that business model.
0: I thought it was very well made, and it really makes the point that you're describing, which is, first of all, you know, we were not in the war super early. A, no, lot, of, that's a right. lot of war happened before we got involved.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, like, we were on the sidelines, kind of, not really, I mean, we were cheering, certainly, but it wasn't clear, like, we didn't want to cheer too loud. Mm-mm. We didn't want the other kids to feel bad.
0: Yeah, but was it, what is it, how many was it, 20 million Russians?
1: Well, it's hard to, it's hard to say, because you really can't... Depends you how know, you count it, right? Yeah, and this is the thing about Mao, too, it's like, the famine deaths, like, how do you count the famine deaths? Or the people at, in gulags. Yeah, you you lose ten million to famine. That's it's happening concurrently with the war. It's happening because of decisions made by the same people. But do you really lump it in? Hmm. You know, it's it's a lot harder to count those too because everybody starves and they just sort of they you know they wander off in a field and die, and the census guys aren't really like standing there.
0: Well, this is a depressing page <laughs> yeah. a page called World, World War II Casualties on the wikipedia
1: oh yeah that's a that's a that is a fun one isn't it uh, because yeah. they, they break it down I mean you know the number of people that died in the ukraine alone or or belarus we just don't really think about the sacrifices that were made there, and they weren't really making the, those sacrifices on behalf of liberty. they were just being sacrificed. Let's, let's just call it what it is.
0: Right. This is uh one of the columns is uh, deaths as a percentage of the 1939 population. Mm. And uh it's it ain't pretty. Poland 16 around 17% of the population. Mm. is Not amazing. Like 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 one in six people.
1: It's a lot of people.
0: Ugh, it's depressing.
1: So, well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, I mean Seattle in the grand scheme of things, Really doesn't matter uh, to anybody. Oh, don't talk crazy. Except for people who live in Portland.
0: Oh, you got coffee. You got uh, sure. you got
1: grunge. So you got the we e- do, yeah. EMP. Boeing. Oh God, you got Boeing. See, Boeing matters. People pay attention to Boeing. You got thirteen coins. Uh, not for much longer. No. What? Tell me. Well, they uh, apparently the building that the thirteen coins is in. So the thirteen coins is kind of a, it's it's strange. It's Part of it is in the building that is currently occupied by the Seattle Times, and that building is staying. But on either side of the Seattle Times building, there's a plan to tear, tear the other buildings down, including most of the 13 coins, and put in a residential tower of some kind. Whoa. Are they going to move? Well, there is a 13 coins. There's a second 13 coins out uh, by the airport. So if so four- 14th to 26th coin. If they if they tear the one that we're used to going to down, we can always go. I've started going out to the airport one anyway because it's it just um, taking somebody to dinner in the middle of the night out by the airport just has an extra layer of kind of greasy seedy. Um, it just feels. I mean, going to Thirteen Coins was always meant to feel a little bit pornographic, mm-hmm. and then you you you. you dislocate that to SeaTac hmm. and it just starts to, oh, it just, yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody's crossing and uncrossing their it's legs. It's literally
0: open 24 hours.
1: Yeah. Look at you, this menu. You can get a steak Oscar uh, at, at like four in the morning.
0: You can get veal parmesan four in the morning. Mm. You want liver and onions? No problem.
1: Mm. Steak Sinatra. Ser- ser- served on a trash can lid? <laughs> you, want a little, you want a little white <laughs> sauce with that? I've seen you put away some food in that place. Oh hell yes! You know
0: I'm. I'm, I'm a One thing big you know I, I don't know if this has ever really really come up in the mythology of John, and I, I don't I don't say this as a haha. I say this as a you, you you
1: finish everyone else's food. I try. <laughs> I try. I mean I don't. I, I, the thing about me is I like a smorgasbord.
0: Mm-hmm. A <laughs> smorgasbord.
1: I like a smorgas <laughs> Uh in the sense that. If there is a plate, if there's a it, it, on any menu, if there's a sampler plate that isn't a, like the fried cheese sampler, ugh, yeah, right. Like you go into a place and it's like, oh, appetizer sampler, it's just like, ugh, gross. It's but just, if, it's just
0: undifferentiated golden brown fried things.
1: Yeah, but it, uh, but I like to try a little bit of everything. So if there if there's ever like a, you know, one of each kind of oyster or one of each kind of of uh, stuffed pepper or so, you know, I'll always get the I'll always get the the sampler and uh, and the best sampler of all is the little bit of food that everybody leaves on their plate at the end of a meal, because you go around and you're like, oh, you had the lemon, the lemon uh, pasta, and you had the, you know, the, you the had the
0: calamari th- steak
1: supreme. Yeah, you had a little bit of this and a little bit of that, uh, and so. But I but I but I've learned over time, you know, you have to ask. You can't just put your fork on somebody else's plate, and also you you wait until they're d- they're clearly done.
0: There's you're telling me there's a. There's sort of like, a, like an ethics
1: of food yeah. finishing. Yeah, because a lot of people, you know, they want to eat at their own pace. They object to somebody kind of, you know, uh, and, and understandably, they object to somebody like vulturing over their plate. looking like
0: a bird of prey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so, but you, but you do want to secure your rights to their leftovers before they, A, throw their napkin down on their plate – because then you're like, oh, oh right. I was going to see if you wanted that. Or uh, conversely, the people that, you know, and again, it's their right to do it. It's their meal. But if they want to take it home, you can't really oh. like, you can't really lay claim to their leftovers if they're, if they have a plan for them already.
0: You have, you have to sort of politely call shotgun.
1: Yeah. You have to sort of wait until a, a, an appropriate amount of time has passed Um thankfully nobody smokes in restaurants anymore so you don't have to i mean the number of wonderful half-eaten veal parmesans that were ruined by somebody putting their cigarette out in it people used to do that they totally uh, did that put their cigarette out right in the, the center of their plate and i would be like oh god i was i was trying to gracefully eye your food without without you know going right up to it without going over Uh, So it is a technique, but for instance, this weekend I went camping uh, with some friends and uh, uh, one of the guys that was going with us owns a restaurant. So it was sort of presumed by everybody that he was going to, you know, be the chef. And he brought some, he brought a pork loin. He brought some Cajun shrimps. Mm -hmm. He had some food prepared But I was a little bit like, so, I mean, we're going camping, though. Like, where are the wieners? Where's the... Yeah, right. We're going to want some wieners, too. And he was like, well, I got this pork loin. I was like, well, yeah, sure. We're going to eat the pork loin and the Cajun shrimp. But it's a camping trip. We ought to have a package of wieners. And I started to feel like, oh, I see. I mean, I'm the only one that really feels like, we're going into this half-cocked. Oh, really? We're, we're going out into the woods, and everybody else is like, oh, the pork, I'm sure the pork loin will be fine. I'm like, I'm sure it's fine too, but there's, I mean, there's a wiener-shaped hole mm. that only a wiener can fill, and yeah. do, I have to pull, do I have to pull this car over? Do we have to turn around and go back? And at that point, <clears throat> there's probably not like a
0: 7-Eleven you could go to to pick up some wieners.
1: That's the problem. Ugh. Right. Then you're talking about, like, let's go back down the mountain through over the river through the gate. That's interesting.
0: You're a different kind of fancy because there's already going to be the there's the fanciness of, of the, the pork roast, but you're being meta fancy. You're being fancy about the idea that there's not, there's obviously there's a wiener shaped hole here we got to
1: fill. Right. Right. And, and, you know, and the problem, the problem, the thing about a wiener is you're standing around the campfire and everybody's drinking their single malt bourbon and half the people are smoking their Nat Sherman cheroots. Sh- sh- and you can go over, pull a wiener out of a package without asking permission, without doing any kind of right. song and dance. You can stick it on the end of a sharpened stick and you can have a wiener. Uh-huh. But with a pork loin or some Cajun shrimp, you know, you got to be part. you got, that's, you got to sign off on the whole dinner. Uh-huh. Everybody's involved. It's a big production. You know, part of camping is... Every once in a while, you look around and you're like, well, I'm not going to have any single malt whiskey. I'm not going to, maybe I'll have a little pull off of a cheroot. But what I want right now is a burned hot dog. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: but, you know, it wasn't my camping trip. It wasn't my, I was just, you know, I was part of the, uh, I was part of the Praetorian Guard.
0: Yeah. and That's so, part of the thing with camping also is, A big part of camping is the go along, get along part. You want to be helpful. You want to be not uh, a distraction, right? There's a whole element of like helping out and
1: and not being a problem when you go camping. Exactly right. You do not want to be the guy that they're like, "Yeah, when are we going camping again?" I don't know. Let's not uh, let's not invite the one guy that didn't help uh, do anything. Right. That just sat around complaining about there not being any hot dogs. Where's the wieners? You don't want to be that guy. You no. want to, you want to, I mean, and the thing is that in a in a situation like that, you all revert to basic types, right? Mm-hmm. And there's the, you know, there's the, uh, oh yeah, right. There's the cook who's making the pot of beans and there's the, uh, uh, you know, there's the guy that's whittling the toothpicks for everybody. I like to think of myself in that situation as being kind of a justice of the peace character. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like you know I'm here in case anybody wants to get married or anybody wants to resolve a dispute. You're there to adjudicate. Yeah, right. And and you know and 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 decide what the law of this region is. And I think I think most people appreciate me in that capacity.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Roderick's along. He's not here to like. He's not here to do a lot of scrubbing of pots. But just in case. Just in case a tree falls in the forest and somebody wants to know whether we heard it or not, John's there. Think think about the big ideas.
0: I had a <clears throat> I had an experience in Portland that uh, for reasons that it'll be apparent. I'm I'm reluctant to bring up, but I feel like I, I should share it with you. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's what I'm here for.
0: Um, there's a there's a group of, of people that whenever we're in the same town, we 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 go out to dinner with the four of us, and it's just it's one of those like you know how it is it's one of those like you know, we're not going to be in a crowd, just four people, secret dinner. Go out, do
1: you, go dinner. Uh, do you have a name for yourselves? Yeah. Are you the, the group or the, the,
0: no, no, it's, it's just two guys and two girls and we're called nuts and cherries is, is the name. That's <laughs> with a Z and they're the nuts and we're the cherries. Uh-huh. It's, no, I, I don't no, know why nuts and but we're just called nuts and cherries. And so nuts and cherries, uh, we decided we're gonna go out and get a nice dinner. We're going to blow the budget a little bit. So we're gonna go to El Gaucho. Okay. So we got a reservation for, I think it was like, it was early because we wanted to go to a party. You know, big fest is going on. I can't believe I'm telling you this.
1: So you don't have El Gaucho's down in California. This is No, a and this
0: one is not as nice as the one in Seattle that you and I have been to. Right. That one's much more, I mean, no, I mean just in terms of the interior. It's more space. The one in Seattle is more spacious. But it was, you know, we went go there. It's 515. We go, we have some drinks. We get, uh, get appetizers. We get steaks. It was amazing. And the service was incredible. It was just, it was so fun. And, uh, you know, big dinner, right? So this is the big event and we, but we had so much fun.
1: Nuts and cherries. I mean, when was the last time nuts and cherries had convened?
0: Nuts and cherries, uh, two to maybe four times a year. Usually if we're lucky twice a year.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So it's a big deal.
0: So, uh, two boys, two girls, um, just platonic eating. And, um, it was great. And we went and then we, we go to this party and the party's really fun. Lots of nice people. And we're like, what should we do next? And uh, one of the nuts says, she she says, uh, let's go back. What? I said, are you saying what I think you're thinking? What I think you're saying? She goes, yeah, let's go back. Whoa. So uh, we reconvened. The the other cherry was not available, so we had to have a proxy cherry. But uh, Nuts and Cherries
1: went back and had a second steak dinner. You're kidding me. I'm not. It was the greatest night of my life. One One of the nuts. Oh, yeah. Said, let's go back. Let's go back. It's almost, without, it's almost with, 11. It was 1030. Without even specifying what she meant, everybody understood. Oh, everybody knew. Let's go back. Let's go
0: back. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know how many more times in my life I'll do that, but I, I do not
1: regret that. You bookended a party mm-hmm. with two trips to El Gavcho. <laughs> That's... My, really good. Is
0: that maybe the greatest thing ever?
1: That's deeply innovative. No, want
0: to be I want to be clear. This is not the kind of thing I do a lot.
1: No, uh, but I but I mean it's it's kind of it's kind of revolutionary.
0: Well, the whole idea, you know, it's like, like the hobbits, right? You could have second breakfast. But how many times have you heard about somebody having second dinner? Well,
1: well I mean, I have second, I have second dinner, dinner all, all, the all the time. time. <laughs> but not in, <laughs> not in the same restaurant, not you don't go back and drop another $250. <laughs> it's
0: not something I do all the time. But you know, so as a, as, a, as a, at least a once in a lifetime thing, I can highly and I also like the idea of going with the same group of people if you can. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, everything about it is perfect. And maybe even try and get the same. We couldn't get the same waiter. Our waiter was 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 leaving.
1: <laughs> but <clears throat> the waiter saw you come in. The he greeted, waiter knew he, he greeted what you were us. Doing. I think
0: he was, he was cashed out. He's getting ready. He introduced us to our new server. Showed us a place. Uh, we had we had a little bit of shucky jivey, and then
1: uh, then oh we had God. another dinner.
0: And your second dinner, did you
1: order? You must have ordered different things. I did. I had different drinks.
0: Actually, I actually had maybe the same drink. I think I had an old fashioned. But yeah, I had I had a different dinner. I I, I tried something <sighs> a little more uh, a little more
1: ambitious the second mm-hmm. time. See, that's exactly what you would do, right? You'd go. You'd you'd reach a little bit.
0: And I don't think I, the thing is. I, I I have to tell you, I had such a wonderful time. I don't. I can't tell you that I would do anything differently. But if I were advising somebody who was considering, we need a name for this. Yeah. Uh, if if you were going to do a tactical two dinner night, mm-hmm. I think there I think there are ways. to to think about doing it. I think the idea of like, is it going to be the same place twice? Is it going to be different places? Is it a different approach? I think it might be novel to go and have exactly the same dinner twice. I think that's an interesting idea too. I mean, I I
1: feel like hanging out with a group of people going to dinner early, going to a party. And then after, after the party going out to like a late dinner, that's something different. We're talking about returning to the scene of the crime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's lay out some of the bullets on this. I think it, it, uh, it, it doesn't have to be a fancy restaurant. Although I think that's kind of cool. Uh, but it should be the same restaurant. Yeah, it should be to the extent possible, mostly the same group of people. Although yep. again, not necessary. You should, you know, what this is America. You, you can mix tag this up,
1: tag one or two people in or out depending on how big the group is. But now, now I kind of want to do it again. So you go to an early dinner, which makes perfect sense before Absolutely. the theater, before the show, or before the like. Let's go. Let's you know, five forty-five. We're we're having early dinner, and yep. then you have a fantastic night out. You don't want the evening to end. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's have a second dinner. Oh. You know, the, uh, so the equivalent innovation for me was several years ago. I realized that when I was going out to Italian food with friends, with any group of friends, four or more, mm-hmm. we would walk in the restaurant. And before we were even seated, I would order a large pepperoni pizza. <laughs> <coughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part
0: by Braintree code for easy online payments to learn more please visit braintreepayments.com slash if you're a mobile app developer and i know many of you out there are please go and check out braintree because braintree is the payment solution used by companies like uber airbnb hotel tonight living social and munchery pretty big hitters braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical and now you can add a similar experience to your own app With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. And Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Braintree is helping solve the problem of mobile card abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience. You've got to see this for yourself. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment solution that means support for all payment types your customers might want you can start accepting PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo cards, and more all with that one single interaction across all platforms with superior fraud protection, customer service, and say it with me, fast payouts, fast payouts. You got to use this to learn more. And for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, please go to braintreepayments.com supertrain. Our thanks to Braintree for taking the pain out of mobile payments. And for supporting
1: Roderick on the lawn, for the table, <laughs> for the table. <laughs> so you walk in the way you know the the, 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 the host. Hi,
0: is this, is this your first time uh, dining at uh, John Carlos? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, tell, yeah, Tell a little yeah, bit about how we work here.
1: <laughs> L- listen here, listen. Let me, st- let me stop you there. <laughs> yeah, let me just stop you there. Have you had Bring us to a large. Think about <laughs> Bring us a bring us a large pepperoni pizza and four menus and take our drink order or whatever. But please and thank you. Get that get that pepperoni pizza cooking. Because then you're sitting there, you're looking at the menu. You're like, oh, what do I get? Do I get the antipasta? Do I get the what do I do I want this? Do I want that? What maybe I'll get a Joe's special? And then just as the waiter comes back to take your order, oh, a large pepperoni pizza shows up. It's
0: perfect. Yeah. See, god damn it. This is the kind of innovation we need in dining. Yeah. It's becomes it's so normative, John. You go into the place and there's a certain time, this is your first time dining with us.
1: Why? Is there anything I need to know about? Yeah, right. <laughs> what what about your fucking restaurant is special? What about this experience is special? I don't need I don't need to be walked through the fact that you have a menu. Well, let me tell you a little bit of how this works. Everything, I everything it. here is locally sourced, yeah. farm to table, and one out of six plates is filled with poison. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit how this works. You <laughs> shut up and go get our drinks. Bring us a large pepperoni pizza. Is this your first time waiting on us? <laughs> so, because the thing is, nobody wants to order a. Nobody wants to go through the whole like we can all agree on cheese bullshit. Everybody there though except if you're dining with Ted Leo who's a f- fucking vegan mm. but everybody else wants at least one slice of pizza right you just yeah. want you want a slice of pizza well
0: i mean you you're there
1: yeah so the pe- large pepperoni comes everybody gets a slice of pizza a few of us have a couple of slices and then what do you have you have a you have a slice left over and then here comes your your main course here comes your here comes your veal. Here comes your If your you time spaghetti. that
0: right, it would be perfect.
1: It's, 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 it's bananas. You just you walk in. You don't even have to make a show of it. You just lean over. You lean over to the guy and you say, bring us a large pepperoni pizza. I feel
0: like there's so much room for innovation in these mm-hmm. kinds of things. We all know about things like, uh, you know, let's have breakfast for dinner, right? Like th- tonight we're going to have pancakes one. for dinner.
1: Right. Dim right. sum in the afternoon. Dim
0: sum. Exactly. Well, like in my daughter's <laughs> case at her school today, today is breakfast for lunch day. So she's getting pancakes and sausage for nice, lunch. Nice. Everybody's favorite meal. But then there's also other ways you can go. You can go into things like let's, you know, like, for example, I'm frequently of a mind, especially with certain kinds of restaurants, where I would just like four appetizers. Oh, sure. Rather than a plate. Now, is that a thing? Can you do that? Let's have appetizers for dinner?
1: We, we do it all the time because the thing is here in Seattle now, and I'm sure this is true in in, uh, in certain parts of San Francisco, you walk in and whatever the whatever the main courses are, they are just scaled up appetizers, and the appetizers are just scaled down main courses.
0: A place you might instead of tapas, you consider it a, a large plates restaurant. Yeah, you, you, you walk it's in... It's supersized a
1: the tapas. The, appet- the appetizer list is like tornadoes of beef and... You know, seven kinds of croutons and one pickled pickle on top of a, of a something else pickled, and you go, hmm, none of that sounds great. But but then you look at the main courses, and it's like octopus tongue pickled. Mm-hmm. And you go, I, I don't want that either. You know what I what I want? Bring us the meatballs. Bring us the blanched spinach. I'll try. I'll try one pickled thing, just. To make you guys happy, yeah, just to just to make you feel like that, that this is still a thing that we're all experimenting with pickling. Oh, um, pickling, yeah. So yeah, we we uh, I I went out to dinner the other night. Um, uh, some uh, a guy was in town from out of town. Uh, 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 Peter Segel of NPR mm-hmm. was here in town, and, and uh, some a uh, couple of couple of nerds uh, took him out to dinner. Seattle based nerds. And we went to one of those restaurants that's called like the whale and the and the porpoise and the captain and the and the uh, the blacksmith. <laughs> and we sat down, and it was the, the way uh, the the, that's the one server of one of the great Cormac McCarthy novels, <laughs> I think. <laughs> the server came over and said, "Hi, have you dined with us before? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a little bit how we, how this goes, how this happens. Everything has been pickled today." <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the premises. <laughs> on the premises. We picked it all uh, out of the uh, cracks of the pavement in our own parking lot and then threw it in some brine. Mm-hmm. Um, the The chicken takes an hour and a half because it's not actually a chicken.
0: Can I ask a question about the sides? Are they served family
1: <laughs> style and meant to be shared? <laughs> and then so we just ordered, you know, we just ordered a bunch of food. Uh, we were there. Uh, Ken Jennings was one of the nerds and Ken took took the reins. It was just like, okay, we'll have the pickled uh, beets on top of cabbage. We'll have the the pickled onions with, with, you know, pickled clams. And he (laughs) ordered like 15 things from the appetizer menu, and it was great. I mean, it tasted like, it basically tasted like you were eating a jar of mustard. Oh, boy. But that's, and it cost $1,000, but that is how, that's what dining is now. You think it's cheap to pickle stuff? You know the vinegar costs? <laughs> do you know Do you know how long it took us to tell you about this? Have you locally sourced dill recently? Listen, 15 dollars an hour is the law in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it's very expensive to employ our waiters to sit and explain how food it, for works to you. It's not none of this is cheap.
0: Is this your first time in Seattle.
1: <laughs> Look, we had to take this formerly uh like this former garage where actual cars were once worked on by people with skills. <laughs> we had to take everything useful out of it and and uh, and then turn it into a pickling parlor and that's not none of this is cheap
0: i feel like i just now in my i'm just a buzz with ideas i feel like i could be a consultant today like i have so many ideas in my head like for example think about when you do dim sum and if you go to a dim sum place especially where they've got like a cart like you're never really done ordering until you just make them go away like they're just coming they're offering you new foods they're stacking plates I think the closest thing after that that we get is sushi. Well, of course, obviously, you got a buffet. That's a different kind of animal. Mm-hmm. But with sushi, even today, like I remember when I first started getting eating sushi with people, uh, it was very normal to say, like, let's start out with right. this.
1: Sure. Well, they bring you the edamame because so many people ordered edamame to start that now most— sushi restaurants just bring you some edamame just to like yeah we know you're going to order this it's now we just consider it part of the they seem table. like mind readers
0: yeah. but i like the idea of starting out like with a pepperoni pizza and just building pepperoni pizza mm-hmm. becomes just like the foundation we don't know where this building is
1: going that's right it's the it's the basic level it's the ground floor and then um you know it, anymore when i go to get dim sum i feel like what's really happening is uh like i'm climbing up on the side of uh of I'm climbing up on the side of like a, a moving truck and uh Immortan Joe is spraying instead of chrome uh directly in my mouth, he's spraying MSG just directly in my mouth. <laughs> he's like I call it secret salt. You know? I don't need to eat the the mystery pork. I don't need to 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 put the buns in my mouth. I could just I could just <laughs> jump up there and say you know like i am chrome witness and, me <laughs> and they could just pshhh, <laughs> you're going to valhalla here's the msg a but theme if, restaurant with spray msg that's pretty good but if i was standing on a foundation of pepperoni pizza when that happened oh, i would yeah. just, first of all i'd be grounded from electric shock and <laughs> uh, you know and i would have i'd have some i'd have some base layer of bread and cheese that that msg could kind of soak into and i would i would i wouldn't have that like hallucinatory hour and a half after after the best dim sum meal where you're just you know where you're like you're hearing colors and stuff
0: oh you can like just smell truth yeah <laughs> yeah cuz of the msg and what it's doing with your synesthesia blah, 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 blah. Blah. you you get that pretty hard don't you
1: you know i i've done a fair enough amount of research to know that the only people that will really stand up and say that msg has an effect on them. It's like Jenny McCarthy level yeah. uh, craziness because all of the science people and all of the food people say, "No, that's not true. You do not feel MSG." But they are wrong. Yeah. I am a member of the cult mm-hmm. of MSG feelers, and when I eat it, I can fucking feel the. F- I can feel the future. I can control. I I have spooky action at a distance. Hmm. Hmm. I can I can make uh, I can make like atoms line up with each it's, other. It gives
0: you access to to obviously oh. senses, but Ooh. potentially I don't want to put it too strongly. It gives you there might be nascent powers that you're not even aware of from day to day. That's exactly right. You get a window of possibility when you uh, when you feel the MSG, things start to happen, you're noticing things you never noticed before.
1: I can feel my hair.
0: You can feel your hair. It's just like you really like oh my god, I have this all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Well, except that it also hurts a little bit. Like there's yeah. there's a, it's it's like with all great powers comes comes some kind of discomfort. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so all of a sudden like I I feel too much. I hear too much. I kind of want to go to sleep, but I also, uh, you know, kind of want to drive a truck into a dust storm. Like it's a, it's a very peculiar state, and it's and it's especially destabilizing when other people try to tell you that it's not happening.
0: Yeah, right, 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 right.
1: You know, <clears throat> hmm.
0: how, how how do you feel about beverages? I think, as you know, I'm a multi-beverage person.
1: I like, I like multiple beverages. Sometimes at the same time. You're talking about like a, a table where you have a sparkling water, an old-fashioned, an mm-hmm. orangina. A coffee. A coffee and a cup of green tea all sort of arrayed around
0: the... It, it could be. Surprise me. But, you know, obviously bring the water. I'm going to want the water. I'm a big water
1: drinker. Absolutely. You don't want to have to order that.
0: No, my standard go-to um, for a time in the 90s was I would have, uh, you know, regular glass glass of water, a coffee, a scotch, and a
1: Coke. <laughs> Hey, woo! Mm-hmm. Mine, mine is a water, a cup of coffee always, mm-hmm. and then a milkshake. <laughs> if if you can go into a place and have a cup of coffee and a milkshake with a water back, then and then a pepperoni pizza on the way, <laughs> then fucking order a French dip and. You've got it covered, <laughs> right? You order a French <laughs> chip with a side salad and you're going to walk out of there and there's not going to be that thing of like, oh, I wish I'd had the mushrooms. Right. Like, oh, no. I, I
0: always get the mushrooms.
1: Well, I, I used to get the mushrooms until I bit into a mushroom one time and it squirted hot oil on me. Oh, that was, that's a triggering thing for you now. It, now, uh, now uh, Do you like uh, to get
0: warnings if, if mushrooms are going to be discussed?
1: No, no. But what if about a, if, squirting? What about hot squirting? If mushrooms show up on the table, if uh, listen, if hot squirting is going to be discussed, I do want to, tr- I do want some kind of warning, or at least you know, I want to be like Should aware. Should they say
0: it in Pig Latin?
1: I want, want to be aware. It's a possible possible conversation. Mushroom may erding squay. But look, if a if a if a if a if a ramekin or a a, a, a gravy boat of mushrooms shows up and they're sizzling in butter, mm. I know what I am getting into. Mm-hmm. What I don't want is. Deep fried mushrooms. That no, appear, they
0: have they have lots of secrets and surprises.
1: Yeah, they appear to be like dry, hot and dry. Mm-hmm. And then you crunch into it, and you realize like, oh, the the Ooh, that's fungus. A miserable feeling, like when it hits the inside of your gums. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. The fungus is just soaked up boiling hot oil, and then it's and it won't cool down because it's inside this crust. That's a dangerous. Gotta, that's you a fucking just, grenade. Just
0: slam that fucking milkshake.
1: Yeah, she- but once the hot oil hits you you're fucked. I mean, no milkshake in the world
0: mm-hmm.
1: can take that. You get pain a, you away. Get a, I forget. Do you get a vanilla? I, I rotate, I rotate milkshakes. I will not get, there are a lot of problems right now in the Northwest. And one of them is that, uh, I, I was also just recently in Portland and there's a, uh, there's a, the popular ice cream shop down there now is called something like yeah, uh, uh, the, the salt and salt and yeah, the salt and straw. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fancy. It's pretty fancy, and you, and and they hand you a menu of like fourteen different kinds of ice cream. Oh, you got to wait like an
0: hour. It's nuts.
1: You got to wait an hour, and the ice cream flavors are salted licorice, uh, shoe leather, uh, bananas flambé with anchovies, wooden comb, big and wheel. Like, Eat shit, you guys. Like, come on. One just one flavor. Too clever, too clever by a half. Yeah. One flavor, one one flavor that is not for that that where it's not an experience. I just be caught
0: on somebody's twirly mustache.
1: I just want some fucking ice cream bros. I will I'll eat a scoop of vanilla right now, except that your vanilla is laced with lavender. I don't want lavender. I, I,
0: you know, I have to tell you, I don't, I don't want to sound touchy, but I, I, I think I have a bone to pick with people who are anti-vanilla. I think vanilla can be very, very good. It's vanilla a- is not vanilla. Vanilla is not boring. No. Like, you get a really good, like, a, <clears throat> you know, with the, the real vanilla bean taste to it. Oof. God, that can be so good. Even you go get some, uh, the, uh, you get the uh, Haagen-Dazs. The Haagen-Dazs, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, vanilla bean. Oh, yeah, really vanilla really good. That's a good-ass ice cream.
1: You know, up here in the northwest, we have the uh, we have Tillamook. Oh, right, that's the creamery. That's a creamery, and that Tillamook makes ice cream, and it's not it's not what you, it, it's not like premium ice cream, but it's ice cream that I support. I support them mostly because it has a a Northwestern pedigree, and they have like five different kinds of vanilla, but there's one called old fashioned vanilla,
0: hmm.
1: and I just get it reflexively because if you put old-fashioned in front of something, I just immediately feel like I'm at Farrell's ice cream shop and oh, yeah. somebody with a with an arm garter uh, and a bowler hat is coming <laughs> over <laughs> on roller <laughs> <laughs> skates. <laughs> yeah, it's your birthday. Yeah. And uh, so I get that old-fashioned vanilla. And the thing about vanilla ice cream for me, the first two bites are ambrosia. Mm-hmm. And then, like everything, it just sort of dulls your senses and it turns into... Uh, and then you're just like cramming lard in your mouth as fast as you can Ugh. to try and get the to try and make the screaming stop.
0: So the problem in Seattle has to do with shakes. You get too many fancy ice creams. You can't get like a normal shake. Is, are they artisanal, oh, John?
1: Oh no, I think 99 percent of the time when you go to when you go to get a milkshake in Seattle, you have chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. But then you have other. You know, you can get raspberry, which I sometimes will do. I like a raspberry shake. I like a blackberry shake. I'll even get a peanut butter chocolate shake.
0: Oh, that sounds good.
1: Coffee shake, very good. Mint chocolate chip shake. All of these are the classic flavors.
0: So I don't want in, to sound like Scott
1: Simpson here, but they're the classic flavors. Another
0: stitch, but you come in and you've got you got your water, you got your milkshake. You obviously you've got your coffee. There's a pepperoni pizza on the way. Mm-hmm. You know what would you what would you like to see in dining technologies? That either to encourage a certain way of eating or to open up the idea that this can be what you want it to be. What would you like to see
1: when you go to a restaurant? I want to see a big table uh, where people have carved their names. And, and probably large. Like like uh, too large. The table's mm-hmm. too large. Um, but that's good because it's a picnic table style thing. I'd like there to be a pipe organ. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, and I'd like them to be playing old Harold Lloyd movies up on the brick wall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the guy with the pipe organ is, like, scoring the movie. I'd like there to be milkshakes mm-hmm. that kind of come out with the pizza.
0: Should there be, as long as you're going along on uh, whack doodle 70s themes, should there be a phone on the table that you can pick up? <laughs> oh, hello. ho! Oh, oh.
1: Hello, sure. There should be a phone on the table, and you could you could call, and you could.
0: <clears throat> I mean, you know, here is another one. I agree with you. I like. So far, we're getting into shakies. Mm-hmm. You got ferals. You got that trend of like the of the of the like prototypical Benigan's TGI Fridays. Lots of uh, antiques and shit on the walls, and you right. talk on the phone. Antiques I love, and I shit. Love all That's that. what it should be called. <clears throat> it's called antiques and shit. You get a giant table. I also like the idea. First of all, that everything's okay. Like whatever you want, if you want it in a weird way. We'll make it that way. If you want a weird portion size, we'll make, we'll, to the extent we can, we will try to make that work and price it accordingly. Mm-hmm. No restrictions. There should be a minimal number of restrictions, and it's not because the chef is, is fucking high strong and doesn't like turmeric. Like if I want turmeric, I want some turmeric. Mm. Right? Uh, that's another one. Now here's the other one. I, I know this is going to be difficult. Like I looked at the 13 coins menu just now for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic menu. But like I – you know, it seems like you go to some place, you go to like a Denny's, and everything's priced like a Denny's. You go to a thirteen coins or an El Gaucho, everything's priced that way. I'd like to see some more variation, where I could get an eighty dollar tomahawk steak, <laughs> but I could also get a pretty good three dollar huh. grilled cheese to top it with.
1: Interesting. Now I wonder how that would work. I wonder if that would actually be a problem if your menu r- too, too ran too diverse. the gamut. Well, I just I wonder if I want. You know, it's the the thing where people always buy the thing in the middle. Right. I don't know if you'd ever – sure, every once in a while, some, some guy in a pressed shirt with a gaudy watch is going to order the $80 steak just to lord it over everybody. Right. But how long are you going to have that sitting in the fridge before that guy comes in?
0: Oh, you got to be so careful with that. I, I have to tell you, if it's a certain price – and I don't, I don't want to be normal normative here – but if it's a certain price restaurant and they have lobster on the menu or they've got too many different kinds of seafood – I will steer away from that. You'll avoid the lobster. But like, what if you love kebabs, but you're avoiding lamb? Mm-hmm. What if you want a grilled cheese kebab? Like, what, what, whatever it is you want, I would love a place that would do, to the extent possible, try to make it interesting. If we want to get, if we, and how about this? What if you want the $80 tomahawk steak as an appetizer for the table? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, the diners without borders.
1: See, I, rem- I remember back in the 80s, before the world became standardized, mm. traveling back east through small towns. And by back east, I mean the Midwest, which at the time seemed like back east to me. Uh, you'd go into these little towns, and there'd be kind of like, the, there'd be a restaurant, and the sign outside would say restaurant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? And I do. Go, I do. You'd go It was inside. totally
0: acceptable to have a restaurant called
1: Restaurant. Yeah, it was called Restaurant. It might be known
0: informally by the former dead owner's name. Sure, it was called restaurant Jeans. Restaurant
1: was fine. No the one cares that called... it's Jeans. They care that it's a restaurant. And Jeans has been dead for a long time. It's, long it's run time. by like Jeans' Jeans wife's second husband or he, something. He loved his cigarettes. But so you'd go in and, there, and behind the bar, there'd be a bar obviously, uh, okay. where people with like white uh, uh, paper hats were bustling. It was fairly bustling Place was full of farmers and there would be a ham. There would be a ham and there would be a turkey and there would be a roast beef. And you could make any kind of food with those combination of those things. There would be eggs, right? There would be some, and when they ran out of that ham, there's no more ham, no more ham until they had another ham. (laughs) And it just feels like from the, from that combination of ingredients, uh, they had the milkshake ingredients. They had the ham, the roast beef, and the turkey. They had the bread. They had cheese and eggs. You could make like 7,000 kinds of food. You could make a ham sandwich, but you could also make a ham steak. I feel like that has oh, been lost. Not a ham steak. So much has been lost. Yeah. And now you walk into a place and you're like, well, th- tonight we have, tonight Chef has prepared... Ham steak for 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 twenty nine ninety
0: five. Okay, first of all, it's called fillet of ham. It's, and it's just it's just it just says twenty nine.
1: Yeah, it's been pickled. There's
0: no dollar signs.
1: No, 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 no dollar signs on the menu. Fillet of ham tonight. Chef has fillet of ham for $29. Price available on request. A Q. And uh, and I and you know it's just like what the fuck ham? Come on, it's one of the it's one <laughs> of the basic foods. There ought to be ham. I mean, there ought to be ham everywhere.
0: Oh, I totally, I totally agree.
1: And I and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound like, I don't want to sound like somebody that's like ham everywhere, ham everywhere, ham Uh-oh. everywhere. Um, and then, and I've got like dancers on either side twerking, <laughs> ham everywhere, ham everywhere.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen,
1: the ham twerkers. I don't, I, you know, I I, th- th- I don't want that to be my legacy.
0: Ham everywhere. So, but you could get a scoop. But here's the thing: you have scoop. ham, you got turkey, you got roast beef, and you get a scoop. Of macaroni and cheese on the side, or maybe a monkey dish. That's right. Also, yeah, I want paper hats. I also want lots of monkey dishes and ramekins. Absolutely fucking loot. I love... Oh, you know what we're missing? Oh, my God. Sauce. What about sauces? Now, sauces, it seems to me, like the ham and the turkey, maybe you don't have a ton of it, but you could have a saucepan of, like, six sauces that could be deployed tactically on any meal that anyone
1: ordered. You and I have talked a lot about sauce in our still lives. Still not enough, though. I still feel like I've got a sauce hole. Well, yeah, it's a you. You do have a sauce hole. I do too, but I don't think I don't think other people care about sauce like we do.
0: I don't think they've thought about it enough. I think I mean, it's an education issue.
1: It's an education issue, and the thing is, you can't think about sauce. You have to do about sauce. Oh,
0: god, you Say it, sister,
1: you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, the sauce. You you have to you have to you have to live the sauce, mm. and that's how you know that you want the sauce. The sauce, so, yeah, the sauce has to come. You have to go. Oh, there are capers in this sauce. But
0: the education part is important, John. You have to be aware of the sauce and open to the sauce. Because here's what you're thinking. If you're one of these people, it's not that people are dumb. Or the people are unaware, but they're Uh, not educated. They're kind of dumb and sort of unaware about sauces. So they're thinking, if you've already gone through this, you 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 know this. This is the thing. People will go like, oh, sauces. There's already plenty of sauces. No, there's not plenty of sauces. Go to the grocery store and try to get yourself some store made sauces or gravies. How's that work out?
1: Oh, have you ever have you ever bought a jar of gravy at the store? I bought all of the gravies. It's a literal abortion. (laughs) It's so
0: bad. I think I sent you a photo. One day I went and I tried about four envelopes from McCormick. And I tried some of those chicken tonight type abortions and brought it home. They yep. were all awful. I yep. could have shat better sauce.
1: Yep, yep. And, and you know, and for me, I, I have felt like the day that they can put gravy in a can mm-hmm. or in a jar and have it even remotely resemble gravy is the day that I would go on a man mission to Mars. I mean oh, this, sure. is the, this is the thing. I the, the the number one thing that is inhibiting me from going to Mars, aside from not having been invited. Is the idea that I'm going to get up there and there's going to be a, you know, it's going to be Thanksgiving and we're going to open up our bags of like... You're going to get a tube of turkey. uh, Yeah, your tube of turkey dinner. And I'm going to be like, yay, I'm on the way to Mars. I'm a a, a historic pioneer. And then you're going to take that first taste of gravy and it's going to taste like somebody burned a plastic bag. (laughs) And you're going to say, what the... What the fuck? Get me back to earth. <laughs> you're going to make that noise. when you're trying to- <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. Like Ugh. no amount of salt in the world can mask this terrible gravy. <sighs> There's got to be paper hats.
0: There's got to be flexibility. There should be. And I don't even, to me, you don't need a ton of sauces. So we've covered sauces and gravies a little bit in the past. I don't think we've talked about it too much. But, <laughs> but I think a sausage gravy, a, a nice brown gravy, now, I'm told by our listeners that I'm overthinking the sausage gravy thing, that sausage gravy is actually trivially easy to make. Have you heard, have you heard this?
1: Uh, well, I would like to see
0: it made. Well, you go and look at a recipe. It looks complicated, but apparently it's pretty much as simple as crumble up some sausage, put in some butter and cream, and then you know add salt and pepper, and you've got sausage gravy. What? I don't see. I, I feel like I want to fact check it a little bit. But look, but look, it seems like there should be a way, like to have a restaurant. The thing is, and it could be a big restaurant, like thirteen coins is a pretty good size, right? Yep. You
1: know, oh boy, I am going to put this in show notes. The uh, the booths, oh my god,
0: John, I can't believe this is going away. I am so sad.
1: Well, it hasn't happened yet. I mean, there are a lot of things, a lot of things that they say are going away, and then they don't go away, and a lot of things that they don't tell you are going away, just go away in the middle of the night. I, <clears throat> they tore down two blocks of businesses and apartment buildings on Broadway to build the new, uh, subway stop. Mm -hmm. Seattle is, you know, very excited about our big subway that is opening finally after, after decades, after 50 years of talking about it or, or longer, we finally now have our subway, which goes from the university to downtown and it has three stops. University, one stop on Capitol Hill, and then downtown, so it 's a three stop train it cost eighty billion dollars to build oh come on well, maybe not eighty, but it was up there cost a billion dollars to build yeah uh four hundred people lost their lives what no, okay. nobody lost their lives. <laughs> I just can't tell anymore. <laughs> I'm so glad you're finally out of that race and you can tell the truth. You can speak the truth to That's subways. Right. But what they really, what they did was they tore down two blocks of kind of, you know, they weren't the greatest businesses, but it was, it, was, it was one of those, like, stretches of businesses where there was the Indian food restaurant, there was the bong store, yes, but there was also the kitty cat bookstore, There was the state-owned liquor store. There were four or five business... uh, Four or five storefronts where you could, for a while, open a store that sold nothing but butane lighters and swords. (laughs) (laughs) You could open a store that sold, like, African imports that was perpetually going out of business. I would call it the eternal flame. Right? That's the store that opened with a going-out-of-business sale and was always going out of business. Okay. Like, all those places where if you wanted to sell Magic the Gathering cards and have, a, and have a folding table where people could play cards in the middle of the day, like you could open a store in one of these places. They tore them all down, including like an old apartment building, and, uh, and then they tore the great coffee shop down, the Godfather's Pizza where I used to sleep during the day uh, when I didn't have a place to live, tore them all down to build this Subway. And they built a huge fence around the whole two square blocks. So you couldn't see what was going on. It was like, what's going on in there? You know, they're building something. They're digging a big hole. And then just the other day, they took the fence down to reveal that at least so far, all they've built there is one of those municipal, like West Coast municipal style Uh, subway tunnel entrance kiosk bulbs you mean steps uh well because of the the because of because seattle has a has a geography that really is not at all suited to subways um the only way to access the tunnel is by express elevator so there's no stair. Oh no. There's no escalator. That's
0: a terrible idea. Oh, I know. You need that for people with motion I things. No, I but don't want it. That's wanna... the
1: only way. Express elevator because it's <gasps> so deep under the ground. They so, couldn't here's, put in a slide? so here's how you access this thing. You get on an elevator with a bunch of strangers and go down so deep into the ground that you can't even take a stair if you wanted to and that's that's their proposed like we're we're all supposed to just be like fine with that but leaving that aside what what they have done is they took away they took away two blocks of businesses and and apartments and my presumption was behind that giant wall when they were beavering away at digging their hole that they also had a plan to build a six story building with apartments and ground floor retail in at at, at what is Basically, the busiest intersection on Capitol Hill, certainly, but one of the busiest intersections in the town, and they took the wall down and it 's just like it's basically a elevator door and so some- oh I see what
0: you mean you mean like the kind of thing you'd see like
1: in Civic Center,
0: yeah. where there's just this creepy uh, elevator tip.
1: It's just an elevator
0: door sticking out of a plaza. Oh, that sounds very anticlimactic
1: after all the wall. It's terribly anticlimactic and I just look at it and I'm like, well, what's going to happen here now? Like, what? There's no commerce happening. There's no... No one can live here. That's so depressing, John. It's basically cut one end of Broadway off from the other end because you're going to walk along Broadway. You're going to be looking in the shop windows. You're going to come to this elevator shaft and you're going to look past it and you're going to see two blocks of just baked plane.
0: There's no landscaping
1: as far as I can tell none. Ugh. And so you're going to turn around and walk up the other side of Broadway and, and you're not going to, the two sides of Broadway now are not connected. The two ends of it and huge missed opportunity to have like this be a thing. And instead what it is, is it's just a big plaza where Occupy Wall Street is going to stand around handing out flyers and chanting and wearing uh, Guy Fawkes masks. And, like, it's just a... uh, They thought that they were building some kind of Logan's Run minimalism, but, like, shitty human beings are going to fill that space with shittiness immediately. The best thing that is going to be there is maybe somebody doing some juggling. (laughs) This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Casper.
0: To learn more, visit caspersleep.com slash supertrain. Gang, this is real easy to understand. Casper offers an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Casper's mattress is one of a kind. A new hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam. It's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. The best of two technologies come together for better nights and brighter days. You know... I went, I just looked it up this morning. It looks like I have now been sleeping on my Casper mattress for almost 13 months now. Over a year, I still love this thing. I sleep on it every night. Yes, I love the quality of the product and of the sleep that I get. But you know what? Even this one year later, I'm still pleasingly stunned at how easy this company is to deal with and just how painless they've made this entire process. Woe betide you if you've ever tried to navigate the fiery hellscape that is shopping for mattresses in a retail store. It's the worst with Casper, a surprisingly small box magically appears at your door. You carry it up to your room and using this wonderful little dingus, you gently swipe open a bag full of awesome mattress. The mattress gently inhales and within minutes, you have everything you need for a good night's sleep. It's actually that easy. It's actually that simple. Now here's the crazy part. Casper also offers an equally simple risk-free trial and return policy. Try sleeping on your Casper for 100 nights and if improbably it's not to your liking, you can send it back. Free delivery, painless returns made in America, and just sleep, sleep, glorious sleep. As I mentioned, the prices for these mattresses are crazy. It's $500 for a twin-size mattress, up to $950 for a king size. Go and compare that to any retail store. It's going to blow your mind. On top of it all, Casper has a very special offer to listeners of Roderick on the line. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting caspersleep.com supertrain. And use that offer code supertrain at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to Casper for a great night's sleep and for
1: supporting Roderick on the line. Maybe a couple of mimes, a couple of <laughs> friendly mimes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's mime friendly, but <clears throat> also maybe an encampment. You could have an encampment there. Oh, that'll be nice. That'll, <laughs> nice. That, that'll really I don't understand. I, I mean, I, you're, I can't tell how much of this is... is John joking, but the, the idea of like, so there's an elevator, people get in it, they go way down to the subway. Is there an, are, there, are there constant elevators going up and down? Is there one elevator? They go way down now. They go way down now. Name it. Uh, it sounds a little bit like uh, this corrosion by Sisters of Mercy. Mm. Hmm. What were you going for?
1: Uh, well, the song Way Down Now. I'll try this one.
0: Way down, way <laughs> down now. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, I like that. Way uh, down, way down way, now.
1: Way, way down. Seattle corrosion. Uh, so, I did not just type Casey James. I don't even know what that is. Casey James? That sounds like a, like a missing child. uh, uh <laughs> Exactly. It's a Casey James if bill. If I were going to write a missing <laughs> child, it would be Casey James. <laughs> the, I, I, yeah, bye I... Encourage my fellow senators <laughs> to uh, endorse the way down uh, Casey James bill, uh, which uh, is going to protect the children from uh, being abducted. To quote, to quote the great song of a day past, hey
0: now, hey now, now, sing this corrosion. Hey now. Uh, now, is it a bank of elevators? How many, how many elevators are there extant?
1: I don't know if you've ever um, ridden a municipal elevator that just opens into a park. I've spent just under 49 years avoiding municipal
0: elevators because I know it's just a moving toilet. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Like, if it, a
1: municipal people elevator... People need them. People
0: need them here, and I'll get a pop-up pop on my phone sometimes going, hey, the elevators, the Bart elevators
1: are out at Civic Center or wherever. But, like, people just shit in them. That's what they are. They're just moving shitters. I mean, a, a, an elevator in a city building... Where they lock the doors at night and they have cleaning crews, those elevators most of the time don't work and are like, yeah, right, people use them as bathrooms. Now picture an elevator that's just open to the world uh, and and tell me even if they had 20 banks of them and even if they were the fastest self-cleaning elevators in the world. It's Are like it's, there's so many points of failure. Would you ever get on one? I would not ever get on one. How long's the ride? I uh, like eleven minutes. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, uh, like can you
0: imagine an eleven minute elevator ride every day?
1: It basically it feels like you would you would you're standing there and you're like, am I the Chilean miner? Am I the Chilean miner? I'm going to get on this elevator. All I want to do is take you can't the train get phone coverage, and I'm going to get on this. I'm going to go down and then. And then I'm going to be down there, and they're going to be drilling a hole and sending me, like, cheese sandwiches through a hole. Yeah,
0: there's only one stop at the top ground level, and there's one stop at the subway. You don't even get the satisfying ding, ding, ding of making progress, right? Is there a thermometer to show you when you're getting closer to the subway?
1: It's a really good question.
0: You haven't been on this, have you?
1: Well, it's not open. You should get a tour. The thing is, this is—well, I would, I would have loved a tour, and when during my political— You almost
0: came in second for an election. You should be one of the first people know, in that elevator.
1: I know. You, during my aspirant days, there uh, there were people who were already, uh, you know, uh, public officers who were given, like, advanced rides on the train. And it looks amazing. It looks really cool because Seattle has never had a subway. And also, since this subway only has three stops... Uh, it's just a huge, long tunnel that the train can go really fast in. I just
0: can't, yo, this, is not, this I got to read about this. This sounds, this sounds like a, you know what it sounds like? I, John, you know me. I do not use this word lightly. I think this sounds like a boondoggle.
1: <sighs> Seattle is so characterized by boondoggles that I don't even know anymore whether, you know, I have to really resist the impulse to start saying things like Seattle gets what it deserves. Hmm. Because it consistently votes against good practical things, including me. (laughs) And it votes for like a kind of rule by committee process that produces half-acidness, but also mega, mega expensive Mm half-acidness. So it's like, okay, we've got the train, which, which... strokes like in 19 19- if a
0: train feels like no I, I i totally get what you're saying like the outline of that is oh trains trains are great subways are great
1: yeah exactly
0: but it sounds to me like they're very attracted to these novel solutions that don't yep. actually address the problem
1: and here's the thing i feel like in 1967 when we when we proposed building a network of subways here and it was voted down by the voters In 1967, if we had used the technology available to us at the time to build a subway network, we would have built a a perfectly good network of interconnected trains using 1967 technology. We could have done it using 1912 technology and built built a workable system. But what ends up happening out here is that we don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then when it's finally time to do it, we decide, on the one hand, that uh, the, the people who are pushing for the subway are the people who are, like, still mad that we didn't do it 50 years ago.
0: Oh, so, so, in a way, the yeah.
1: plan is based on this, like, almost retro desire to, to, have, to finally have the thing that we should have had. But then other people attach themselves to it who are who are like, well, you know what? Tunnel drilling technology has really improved in the last 40 years. And now we can build the real technologically advanced super version of this thing. Mm. And so what was cool and quaint and good about the idea from 50 years ago now gets turned into a thing where it's like, well, modern tunnel technology requires that we put this thing 500 feet underground, which means that every time we build a station, it costs another billion dollars. So in order to keep prices down, we can't build that many stations. So we're only going to have one station. And it's going to be 500 feet underground. Um, but and suddenly
0: suddenly, you're so many intellectual and practical steps away from a good idea.
1: Yeah, right. It's, but, it's, still, it's still
0: kind of a good idea. It's just there each one of those steps took off like... 20 to 50% of the coolness.
1: Yeah, the coolness of the technology now is dictating the usefulness of the train which is only useful if it is accessible. And the accessibility people who are like, "Well, wait a minute. I mean, like like I don't even know if I would ever take the stairs, but I'd like there to be some stairs." That's just a comfort level thing. I mm. You know, like, I'd like to be uh-huh. able to smell the fresh air, uh, uh, and look up and see the daylight, even from 500 feet below. Like, but they're like, I don't well, I think that's... you
0: have to be a raging claustrophobic to find that a little bit unsettling.
1: Oh, my God. Or just get on, you know, I don't want to get on an elevator unless I really, really have to, let alone if that's my only connection. If it's fewer than three
0: to... stories, I will almost always take the steps. Yeah.
1: And that's the thing. This this subway is not fewer than three stories. It's, it looks
0: like it's at least, I sent you a couple there. I don't know if this is the same station, but it looks like it's about, I would estimate, four, four to six stories down. 300
1: stories? It's
0: 300
1: to 700 stories down. Three to 700 stories. And the thing is, you know. That's, to, just, that's just a spitball. To be against it, to be against, no, wait a minute. I don't think that that, is that the.
0: Um. It might be this other one. I sent you two. Mm-hmm. There's some that look like they have escalators. It's hard to do a podcast and do uh, extensive
1: internet research. Ooh, West Head House. I think that you're looking... This one that has... Oh, no. See, that's Beacon Hill. So that's not even... That's not the one.
0: The big wide one. What is that? Construction of a brand new subway.
1: Um, That's the University of Washington. So what you're looking for is the Capitol Hill Station. Okay. Um, And I think you will find see the, this this um, this one that you sent me from the University of Washington that looks like a decent subway station it 's like four or five stories underground you've got some elevators, sure, but there are escalators too. The beacon hill one d- does not have
0: well let's let 's right the chase though the, the the current number and see i 'm trying oh. to i think, 'm th- thinking here of like the way that they built the um, the central subway system in San Francisco, and yeah. how even today people laugh at it because it's it's a diagonal line. Like that's the subways, but yeah. but it actually does it is it does serve a purpose. I mean, it is extremely busy during the day, and the stops are pretty sane. Like, but they move a lot of people over that whatever that two two, two or three miles, and it, yeah. it does. It, I can't imagine not having it because now I mean now they're like trying to get less and less stuff on Market Street because it's such a shit show on Market Street right now. I I think they recently passed a law about was it no private cars during the day or something? You can't like make a left turn on them. Anyway, there's all kinds of things they're trying to do with that.
1: What a mess! Oh, I mean, it's all a, it's all a mess, and I and I really don't want to. I don't want to to slip into this posture of like, oh, uh, Seattle just Seattle just deserves what it gets because because something about the process of making decisions here is so irretrievably broken and has been for so long that it's just, it's baked into it. You know, like you cannot propose something good here without it being ruined. Not, not by any one person, not by the big moneyed interest, but just by a collective action of people here that, that, that combination of like, busybody, NIMBY, Democrat. I don't like this person already. You know what I mean? Like they just, everybody's got to have, everybody's got to stand up at the public meeting and say their two cents. And, and, and yet, you know, there, it never gets like at the end of the meeting, they just adjourn until the next meeting. No decision ever really gets made until it's just too late. And then the decision gets made by somebody in a, you know, by somebody in an office somewhere who just had to, you know, just had to choose um, because they, they were breaking ground tomorrow. I don't know. I, I don't understand how how we could be on the one hand in this town screaming at each other about density and affordability and on the other hand, two square blocks of businesses in the very central core of Capitol Hill have been reduced to an elevator shaft and there's no, you know, and, and it's nobody's fault, right? There's nobody to point at and say, well, what were you thinking? Why do, what, was there a public comment process? Oh yes, there was Uh, for six years. We took public comments and it's like, Oh, can I see a record of those comments? And you know, it's like six years they held hearings where people in tinfoil hats uh, with like, uh, with like a dog in the front basket of their bike, stood up and yelled about chemtrails, and the city, peop- the city and and county administrators sat there and took it. Uh, never, never hammered the gavel down. Never said this is not a productive process. They just sat and listened to all those public comments, and then they decided. Then, you know, then they went back to their office and were like, you know what we need? An elevator shaft. Wouldn't that be cool?
0: In thinking about planning for the future, I mean, this is a lot of infrastructure to, I guess you already said this sort of, but it's a lot of infrastructure that will end up committing you to an increasingly costly and not very flexible way of growing the system. Yeah. Because no matter what you do, it's going to have to be two to five stories underground and disruptive to everything above it and then make an elevator nipple.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I were in charge, mm. I would have just left that swords and butane lighter store because eternal flame. Well, yeah, because you you could get your you could get your uh, horoscope and a little scroll there. <laughs> and you could mm-hmm. after you bought your Magic the Gathering cards, you could go over and. And get some essential oils, some filters for your faucet, quote unquote. Yeah. Faucet filters. Faucet That's, filters. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. That's uh, right. It's a water pipe for smoking it's a water tobacco. Pipe. It's tobacco only. See the yeah. sign. Yeah, look at the sign. It says right there. When are we gonna open our restaurant? You and me. Yeah. I feel like opening a restaurant. I feel like this is this is something I've been saying to my friends for many many years, which is if you don't like working in a oh, restaurant, right. This is the barista problem. Yeah. Why would you open a restaurant? You're just giving yourself a job working in a restaurant. Okay. Can we pay someone else to open a restaurant? I feel like making food and selling food, here's the only way to do it is to sell one thing, which is to sell gourmet corn dogs. Okay. If you become the gourmet corn dog king and all you sell is gourmet corn dogs, and let's say one other thing, chocolate milkshakes, gourmet corn dogs and chocolate milkshakes, that's all you sell. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to pickle anything. You don't have to explain your menu to anybody. Gourmet corn dogs are expensive because they say gourmet. So you can...
0: Oh, pr- sure. You, you can charge a lot more.
1: You can actually profit from your job, right? You can sell a gourmet corn dog for what? Eight bucks?
0: What if would, we had uh, just... What if we had six kinds of sauces and then some bread?
1: Hmm. So... It so, would be called Johnny
0: the, Sauce. And you come into Johnny sauce you're and just sauce. it's really all about the sauce. You get a flight of sauces and whatever fucking bread, nobody really cares. It's just, it's whatever, it's locally sourced. So
1: you're talking about gravy. What are the six sauces?
0: Oh, the six, uh, the, the what are they called? The parent sauces, the God sauces. Yeah. yeah. What you got a bechamel. Top uh, sauce. Y- you got raviolios. What's your top sauce? <clears throat> What's my top sauce? What's the top sauce at, at the six sauce? At the top of the uh, sauce chain. Yeah. Geez, I don't know. I saw this on Top Chef not too long ago, and I, and I don't remember them. Um, I think Bolognese. Bolognese is the top sauce. That's, that's a meaty tomato sauce? Yeah, but it's more meat than tomato. That's a ragu, isn't it? See, we could work all this out at Johnny Sauces. You come on in there, and it's mostly going to be about the sauce. You get a cup of sauce, and then maybe the spoons are made out of bread. Bread spoons. You're well, right. Well, You're right. Well, we should stay out of this business. I, just, I people, have a dream. What if,
1: what if they're gluten-free?
0: Uh, I guess they could just uh, they could just use a uh, compostable See, spoon. You know it's what? Too, it's You're too right. confusing already. You're right. It's already. too confusing. Should
1: but, have stuck with the corn dogs. But now... Yeah, that's right. Gourmet corn dog. How much would you pay for a gourmet corn dog? Would uh, you pay $9? dollars i pay six seventy five. What if it was 9 bucks? Sure. Does it come with a sauce? It comes with a ramekin of homemade uh, ketchup. Uh, uh, do you have uh, pickled cucumbers? No. <laughs> what, gourmet corn dog... <laughs> chocolate shake. Those are your options. All right. I'm in. I'd would go. You, would you spend $9 on a gourmet corn dog? How gourmet would it have to be?
0: I would try it at least once. I would have to know to a fair certainty that uh, that it that it has artisanal ingredients and, and isn't some kind of a switcheroo.
1: No, the hot dog is made uh, all locally sourced from within 100 miles of here. Okay. and The, cor- the cornmeal mm-hmm. that goes into the corn dog part is from non-GMO corn uh that's heritage corn oh heritage corn and everybody's yeah. got everybody's got good insurance they're yep. free range farmers that's right native American heritage corn mm-hmm. uh it's, it's called the maize runners it's fried in uh artisanal pork fat which is then used to
0: power the uh the food truck
1: that's right the pork fat is it's a it's biodiesel truck mm-hmm. uh and then the chocolate milkshake is made out of one hundred percent uh, sustainably sourced cocoa where we have relationships with all those farmers, all the cocoa farmers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, uh, you or I, it's probably going to be me, we have to go down to Central America all the time and meet with them. You and your daughter could drive there. That's right. We'll drive there in our Jeep. All that stuff is shade grown. Mm. Oh, I, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. And then we know we know the milk producers and and the cows all have names. Uh... Hola, Luisa. That's right. This is Luisa's. T- today we're drinking Luisa's shakes. Gracias. And, uh, and you know, and, and the milkshakes are also $9. It's
0: not exactly what I had in mind, but I would I would invest in slash eat there sometimes. I would. I would. You would invest, though. That's what really matters. I mean, not a lot. I don't have a lot of dough. But but I would put, I would put something into that if it's something you really care about. Is this a passion project for you, John? You could put, you know what? You could drive this
1: up right next to the elevator nipple. Mm. I feel like, no, I'm not passionate about this. Hmm. I feel that I do not want to be in the food service business. I don't want to work at a shop at all. I don't want to, I mean, I don't even want to sell vintage menswear, (laughs) which is a thing I actually am passionate about, because I think I would be disappointed every day guy would come in i see this all the time guy comes into the shop he's looking around i go hey how you doing nice to you know nice to see you. uh what are you looking for today oh, i just browsing oh, okay the guy takes a jacket down off the rack and i kind of stand up from my stool and i go oh that's a cool jacket uh it's kennedy administration um it's sold by uh by a kind of a venerable and the guy's already hanging it back up yeah And I'm like,
0: "Mm, okay, so I sit back down,
1: and I look at the Internet for a while, and he walks around, and he picks up another thing, and I see it, and I'm really into this, and I stand up, and I go, oh, wow, very nice choice. Like, you have a really good eye. That is a pair of uh, Cordovan Aldens, but, uh, you know, sold by Brooks Brothers, and he puts them down and wanders around, and then he comes, and I'm just like, oh, Jesus. Uh, You're crushing the bunny. And I sit down on the stool again, and then he comes over. And he uh, buys, um, you know, like a pair of Chinese-made socks that I'm selling just because I have to, you know, I have to have something in there that actually sells. And Wooden lighter cases. Yeah, or then he comes over and he's like, can I use the bathroom or whatever? And I'm just like, oh, nobody gives a shit yeah. about the stuff that I care about. And, and, I have, and I'm here to serve them. Yeah. Or he comes over and he says, do you have anything about Hugo Boss? <laughs> And, or a, just something like that where I'm like, oh, fuck you. No. Get out of here. Hit the streets. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's a recipe for heartbreak. That's the thing. I don't need to be any more sad. No. <laughs> <laughs>